you just give your life to Jesus, he will make it better. And I'm like, dude, no, he won't. Yeah. He ruins your life. He wrecks your life. He deconstructs your life. And it's only after the crucifixion of your life, John 12, 24, where Jesus said only when a kernel falls and dies, will it grow and multiply. It's only after you die that God changes you. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. I wrote the book, Fatherhood Faceplants, how to get back up and be the dad your kids need to help dads like me, dads that needed to learn all kinds of things about being a dad that I didn't know. For instance, overcoming dad guilt, uh, being able to pass on personal victories as your children's inheritance, learning how to be a good dad at, by loving my wife first. You know, some of the early readers, uh, one early reader said, I've never felt more compelled to hug my kids, kiss my wife, and chase God more than while reading Fatherhood Faceplants. Another person read one of the gutsiest, most honest, rawest books I've ever read for men. If that sounds like something interesting to you, go to Amazon.com and pick up Fatherhood Faceplants today. Today on The Kindling Fire, I have one of my favorites, Jim Ramos, back on the show. Hey, Jim. Hey, man, super excited to be a part of this show and appreciate you having me on, Troy. Now, I, now you can't see the video, but this is, uh, this is such a stark contrast. So we got you, you got this sort of like hunt lodge thing going on, you know, with the whole, the whole flannel thing. I'm like Mr. Corporate with my little button down. And it's just, we both love Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah, this is my, this is kind of my man cave, man. This is uh, the place I have that's my little world. And uh, my wife, uh, doesn't give me any input. I let her do what she wants with the house. Although there are a few elk heads hanging, but uh, yeah. So this is my this is the place I spend you know a third of my life. So <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, Jim Ramos is um, in charge of something called Men in the Arena. It's a a community. It he's a, a prolific author. He's really helping men kind of grow into their their maximum potential in Christ. Um, and, uh, you've got an amazing podcast, which is called men in the arena. And, uh, what, tell us a little bit more about what you have going on, your family, things like that. Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, it's been fun so far. So my wife, we're in the middle of COVID and my <laughs> wife is a flight attendant and there's all sorts of different, uh, rules and regulations coming on. And, and, uh, you know, we have some pretty strong opinions about some stuff related to the vaccine. And so she's just really kind of working through what that looks like. So yeah. that's on her end. And then I've got uh, three sons. I have a 27 year old who just got engaged in August. Yeah. bought his own home and did that. I've got a 25 year old who got married in July. And then I have a 23 year old who's uh, in his fifth, fifth year as a starter at Linfield University. He's actually a punter. And uh, they've invited me to be their team chaplain this year. So I'm doing that with my son a little bit as he's playing football. And so, uh, yeah. And then I'm in the middle of hunting season. So that's always a fun thing. So th things are good and busy and, 
the our country's opening up. So I'm I'm driving to Eastern Oregon this weekend to do a conference on a book I've got that's going to be released in June, and then I'm flying to Kansas City, Missouri, uh, for a, a five day deal where I'm deal talking with uh, men, various various messages to men in that in that city. So a lot of stuff going on, and life is good. Hey, so um, so you're out of McMinnville, right, Oregon? Yes, correct. Yeah. And so uh, just uh, before we get into the kind of the, the main topic of what we want to cover today, can you just give me a quick on like, how did this whole thing start? Like, were you a pastor and you had a heart for men? Like, how did the, you even d get to what you're doing today? Yeah, how do I get to this crazy spot? <laughs> well, it really, the call to ministry started when I was 19 years old. Over here, if you look, you can see a helmet. See that helmet right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that helmet, that's my college football helmet. I had a knee surgery in uh, 1985 because I blew out my knee and I got overdosed by the anesthesiologist. I went code blue. Oh, my god! And gosh. I was, uh, my eyes swelled shut for three days. And while I was in ICU recovering, as a Christian kid who had no idea who Jesus was, I'd never heard the voice of God. God spoke to me and said, I want you to make a difference in the lives of teens. So I... I, I uh, changed my major from business psychology, started working with teenagers in various capacities, autistic, learning disabled, prison, you know, incarcerated. And it led me ultimately after I gave my life to Christ into full-time ministry with high school students. Did that until 2011 when I was sitting in a coffee shop in Eastern Oregon, re, uh, drinking a coffee cup in a Christian coffee store. And there was, and I read a verse on this cup that said, the glory of God is man fully alive, written by St. Irenaeus around 185 AD. As I reflected on that cup and the, the rut that I felt I was in, I had, my life had become very monotonous. Yeah. God called me, God, and I started thinking, okay, you know, who am I? God, who do I attract? Who, who resonates with my message? You know, how have you built me? All these things, I realized that God in that leather chair and that... Mm log cabin looking coffee shop in Eastern Oregon, God called me to work with men. So, uh, and at the time I was a youth pastor in a large church, I resigned my position and I literally Troy, uh, in 2011 or 12 in June, I literally went full time with men in the arena with no compensation, no severance, no nothing. I just launched this ministry and uh, we just went for it, man. We went for it. We just knew God was calling us to, to go for it. In fact, I was in a uh, ski lodge uh, five months before that with my family skiing. And this gal came in. I was, they were skiing, and I was working on a wedding thing. A gal came in. She sat down kind of next to me looking out the window. And she never turned around for six hours. And before we left, she looked at me right in the eyes. She looked like a hippie. She had gray hair, about 30 years old. She had great crystal, crystal blue eyes, and she was wearing faded jeans. She just looked like kind of a hippie. Yeah. And she turned and looked at me right in the eye, and she said, I have a message for you. And I go, what? <laughs> and I go, oh, who's it from? She goes, it's from God. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I go, what's the message? She said, God wants you to go for it. And so everyone around me erupted in tears. Uh, I had never, this gal had no idea who I was. I've never seen her again. And, uh, and we decided in January to go for it. So we did, went for it. And within three months, I, I thought God wanted me to learn a lesson in humility. I, I knew that there's no way this ministry would ever succeed because mm. he was calling me to do the impossible. Yeah. 
and our house went under foreclosure, all sorts of things happened. And uh, I had some epiphanies with the Holy Spirit and God uh, ultimately redeemed uh, not only us financially, not only did he redeem our home, but the ministry uh, b- began to grow. And it's and last year, we had man- men download our podcast in 122 nations. You know, we've got 11,000 guys in a Facebook forum. And then and our, our Instagram account, which is really cool, has grown by basically uh, 9,000 in the last year. We're at 10,000 followers on Instagram. So we're starting to see some, and it all goes back to this miracle. I don't know how it happened. And yeah, I'm honestly not that good. So it's been really fun to watch God do miracle after miracle and make our impossibilities actual reality. You know, I, man, I love God stories. That, that's know, why we do awesome. podcasts because God stories yeah. are the best. They get me so pumped up. And I know. <laughs> and, and the thing that I love about this is, you know, God wants all these listeners that are, that are hearing us right now to be fully alive. Man, that quote is man is fully alive is it's the glory of God, man, man, botching it. We can't help me with the quote again. The, the glory of God is man fully alive. And, and the thing that is so powerful in that is that God is a disruptor. Oh yeah. But God is a absolute loving, challenging, masculine, I would say, disruptor. And he'll disrupt you, aggravate you, um, call you, inspire you, and then you have to go through this process. And so many men are afraid to cross the line. And then when they do cross the line, they're, they're shaking in their boots in the early days because they're like, it's all going to just go up in flames. And, but yet God is like purifying, testing, removing motives, removing fears, ultimately to give us the gift of the thing he's calling us to. Does that sound about right? Well, I would just add this. I'm getting so tired of pastors or or evangelists saying, if you just give your life to Jesus, he will make it better. And I'm like, dude, no, he won't. He ruins your life. He wrecks your life. He deconstructs your life. And it's only after the crucifixion of your life, John 12, 24, where Jesus said only when a kernel falls and dies, will it grow and multiply. It's only after you die that God changes you, but he's got to deconstruct everything about your life. I mean, my life is totally different. It's a totally different path that, that I would have ever been on. So he, you know, he wrecked everything and, and in, in the process made something more beautiful than ever before. So absolutely. I mean, I think the problem with men is they've got great dreams, hmm. but, but fear hinders them. You know, what if I get COVID and die? you go to heaven. So what? What if I start a ministry and I lose my house? So what? Live in a tent. I mean, honestly, I don't want to sound insensitive, but so what if you die? So what if you lose your house? Unless until we get to a point of saying, so what? God, your life, my life is yours. Until we get to that point, we're going to live in fear and we'll struggle to become our best version in Christ. I really believe that. You know, I, I, one of the things I love uh, that I think Eldridge did, I, it may be from somebody else, but it's basically the, the idea that movies are a parable, modern day parables. And yeah. all of these epic movies show this hero in 
in, in transition, in struggle, and then in overcoming. And then we want to go to our Christianity and say, uh, okay, and if there are analogies of the greater story of what God is doing in the world and how God is maturing men and, and maturing women, etc., then we want to go to our little cookie cutter Christianity that says, hey, God, you know, can you just append to my life something good? Just, just add to it. Like, don't destroy it. Just keep it as is, keep it nice and safe. And we pray for, you know, pillows all around my whole life and just add, add goodness to it. Just keep adding goodness to it. And it's like your, your description of that destructive, disruptive, loving, bring it down to its base and then, you know, resurrect it. We don't believe that. <laughs> no, in fact, in fact, I think C.S. Lewis said it. We are, most of us are no more than functional atheists. We're functioning atheists. Mm. We believe in God, but we really don't live our lives for him daily. Henry, or Henry David Thoreau once said, most men live lives of quiet desperation. And I think the reason is, is that we think that being comfortable is king. And really it's, it's pain and suffering is where we really grow deep in our faith. And we've discovered that wealth of who Christ is in our life. You know, I mean, you discovered that through your fa fatherhood yeah. face plant and then going sure. off to a YWAM and pulling your family and leaving and doing that thing. I mean, it takes something radical a lot of times and, and God doesn't do it because he hates us. He does it because he loves us and he has to strip away the things that are hindering us and that are keeping our lives from being the sharpest honed that they could be. Yeah, and, that, and the, to finish that quote, it says, most men die with a song, song still in them. And I yes. would say to the listeners, you have a song in you, and it may be a lament, or it may be a rejoice, or it may be both. But I'm going to tell you, if you're not singing right now, it's probably because you have what Jim described as a relatively bland, boring predictable, safe life that really doesn't inspire a song, a, a lament or a rejoice. It's just a, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I, I have a friend of mine who always tells me create a crisis, create a crisis. <laughs> and I, and I think there's something, I don't want to go create a sin crisis, but I want to do things that make me uncomfortable. I, I want to make, I love this phrase. I want to make decisions against myself. Oh, I know man. that in an hour from now, I'm going to go do a hit workout and I hate those things. They suck. They're hard, but I have to do that because if I don't make decisions against myself, my joints will get decrepit. My muscles will deteriorate. Uh, all of these surgeries and injuries I've had in football will surface. And, you know, because my body, God has created my body to move and to run and to thrive and to survive, not to sit on a couch with a remote, you know, you know, drinking a beer or playing video games. That's not Man. how we're created. Man, so we're going to be, but uh, that's all preamble, but that is so good. Man. I, hope, <laughs> I hope you guys, got, I mean, that is just, we're just getting warmed up. But the thing that, that I, <laughs> the thing I want to get into is you just released a free resource for, for fathers. And I would say for fathers to sons, but I would say for the things we're talking about, man, the power of being able to pass it on, yes. right? Because the, the way the world communicates and the lies it's being fed, it's really this sort of like, 
it, it corrupts our Christianity. It certainly doesn't represent the truth. And it and it and the fruit of that tree is rotten. And and people are looking for good fruit, light, resurrection, power, strength, vitality, all that stuff. And I think that we have a power as fathers and as older men in the faith to be able to help younger men, right? Our Absolutely. sons or or anybody else. So so tell us a little bit about this resource. What what is it? Yeah. So, you know, most of the stuff I write, I have a book I just finished the rough draft called The Full Capacity Man. It'll be released in June. I've got another book coming out in January called Guts and Manhood, uh, Four Irrefutable Law uh, Attributes of Courage. But we wanted to put something on our website that was a quality book that was free. A lot of guys will put their free book on the website and it's basically a blog post with covers. It's just not high quality. It's not beneficial. It's really kind of insulting to intelligent men. So we wanted to put a resource that was, uh, that had substance and weight. Mm. And so in 1997, my sons were three, one and in vitro. (laughs) And so uh, in that period of time, I was a 32 year old man. I actually had a beautiful head of hair. It looked like yours, Troy. Yeah. And, uh, and I wrote, and I wanted to, I wanted certain things that I would tell my sons while they grew up in my household. So I wrote a little booklet. It was just a word document, quite frankly. Yeah. And it was just 73 things to tell him. And so the little document I saved it as tell him. And as we thought about what we can offer as a resource to men, usually I write, distinctly to men about how to be better men. Everything I've written is distinctly to men to help them be better men while they're raising their household. In other words, while you're in the stressful of life, if you do these things for you, everyone around you will win. Well, this, Hmm. this book is a little bit different because this book really zeroes in on fathering. So what we did is we took those original 73 things from 1997 I added uh, more statements to get to 200 and I called the book, tell them. So it's really focused on the, the subtitle of the book is what great fathers tell their sons and daughters. Now mm-hmm. here's the cool part. It's just 200 statements. And that sounds like, okay, that doesn't sound like substance and weight, but what we've done is we've taken those 200 statements And each statement gets its own page, its own Bible verse, its own reflection questions. And each statement has a really cool graphic or a picture that is appropriate for that particular statement. Hmm. It's really, really cool. And so a guy gets this book, it's a digital, you know, or a PDF digital, and there's 200 pages where they can just go page to page to page. And every day there's a reflection question. And what we do is we ask guys to reflect using this uh, acrostic. I use the read acrostic, R-E-A-D. Read through that quote or that statement numerous times. Examine everything, the verse, examine the statement, examine everything about it. Ask questions that you may have about the statement, about the Bible verse, about the reflection questions. And then D is discover a nugget of truth. And so we just ask these guys to do this. And then go and tell them. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Do you have some samples, like some examples of, of some of the statements in the book? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So let's, let's, so I'll just go to, I'm randomly going here. So day four, tell them to protect the weak. 
And the Bible verse is Proverbs 31, 8, and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up for the uh, and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And then there's a picture there of it's a block, one block on top of the other block to illustrate we need to be lifting people up. Yeah. And then we have the reflection questions underneath that. And those are uh, share with your son or daughter a time when you had to speak up for someone weaker than you. The next one is reflect on how your father's modeling in this area, good or bad, affects who you are today. And the last one is what will you change or emulate with your children? And you so, what? so, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I, that I that really have noticed is that there's a lack of clarity in society. Right. So so most young people are going to YouTube, they're going to social media, they're going to wherever to get information. And so they'll hear something and then they'll hear something that contradicts that. And then they'll hear something else that contradicts that. And the sources will all be over the map. And the fruit of all of that is confusion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so the power of what you're saying and the simplicity of it, I love this. I want to award you on the simplicity. It's hard to be simple. And the simplicity yeah, yeah. of it, it, it helps from a trusted relationship that loves them provide clarity on all kinds of uh, topics, right? Well, and here's the deal, man. We can, we can talk about, you know, there's this phrase going around nowadays that makes me want to puke. That's my truth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't care about your truth. I care about the truth. Yeah. And so there, everybody has an opinion and, and that's fine. And this social media world where you can't trust the news, you can't trust the science, you can't trust medical industry. It's very, very confusing for all of us right now. But what's not confusing is this. If a man is not in the home, the children suffer. Yeah. If there is no father in the home, or let me phrase it this way. If there is a father who is not present, he may be in the home. And so what this resource does, it says, listen, dad, here are 200 things to tell your kids. We're going to serve up spiritual leadership to you on a silver platter. Yeah. All you have to do is open your mouth and make the statements because your children desperately needs you. Your son needs to know that he has what it takes. Your daughter needs to know that she is good enough. Your kids need to know these things. And so we serve this on a platter. And some of these things, Troy, you laugh because some of these things are like, tell them about the time you asked your mother to marry you. You know, they're, they're yeah. very practical things. They're very story based, right? Yeah. And some of them are very deep uh, and meaningful. Like day nine says, tell her that she is strong. You know, what are the things these, and so some of these things are very deep. Some of these things are very shallow, but they're all things that I believe a father must tell his children. Yeah, that's so good. I think that the thing, it harkens back to when I was, when I had younger kids and I, we got involved with um, the Assemblies of God denomination it has something called the Royal Rangers. Oh, and yeah, I, I remember uh -huh. getting that book and I looked at it and I was like, a manual, <laughs> you know, I could just check these boxes and like, feel like I'm, I'm covering some ground here instead of just be like, I don't freaking have a clue. <laughs> like, I think Absolutely. I might do this and I might do that. And it gave me a, a roadmap of things that I could experience with my kid, teach my kid, uh, go through with my kid. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so there are, um, uh, uh what I love about this is it's very, the, the bar of entry is low. Right. Absolutely. You're just like, Hey, 
you can read a you can read a statement and you can share scripture and and if you just consistently do this you're going to cover ground and it's going to it's going to well uh, let me ask i'm assuming uh do you feel like it's 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 uh it's like is it categorized like in different categories is it just random like how do you how do you how do you know that you've covered what you felt like you should have so that's really a good question because we did categorize the topics and decided to make it random. Mm. And so it's very random. And, and how I decided what to ask was I came up with 200 and couldn't think of any more. Sure. No, that's good. <laughs> and so, and so the cool thing about with, cause I didn't want to have any redundancy. So mm-hmm. all of these statements are very distinct unto themselves. And what I did do that's really cool is my mom wrote a section about, her observations of me as a father, my dad did the same. That was powerful. Mm. My, and all three of my sons wrote an art, were like a 300 word little essay about me as their father and the things I told them and their perspectives are moving. And then my wife, she's not in there yet because she hates to write, but she's (laughs) going to write, she's going to do a forward in the book. She's writing that right now. And we're going to throw that in there as well. So everybody who's close to me has a perspective of the things that I did right with them. And they wrote about it. And it was really fun to listen to the themes that my sons brought about. Mm. You know, all my sons had themes of dad taught us never to be entitled. Dad told us he loved us till we were bored to hear it. <laughs> dad told us he was proud of us. And dad told us never to quit. I mean, and dad told us to love Jesus. So they're like six themes that kind of wove throughout, of course, Jesus umbrella yeah, of all of it and so uh but it was really fun to see even my dad who's not a guy who i would call a christian said how much he appreciated the christian aspect that i've brought into my family yeah well and and and, and you and i've known each other for a couple of years now I've, more than that oh it's, yeah you know, it's been a long time and i would just say that to, to all the listeners of the killing fire look you got to love some jim ramos that you've got to know that the fact that he's asking his son and his, and his parents and his wife to contribute that this is not just some, you know, random idea that hasn't been, you know, tested out. These are things that he embedded into his family is offering out of his own life, something that would help your family. And so I just, yeah. yeah, Well, it's funny, Troy, I was actually in Hawaii three years ago and I was in on the Island of Lanai and I was spent a lot of time in a tree stand because I was hunting axis deer. And I, I decided in the two weeks, I'd read through the entire New Testament. Mm. So I had, I had my Bible and I was reading that in the tree stand. And I came to Matthew chapter 17, where uh, Jesus is, where it's the transfiguration. And at the transfiguration, the, the God, God really t- spoke to me. I'd never recognized this before. But, you know, the father speaks over Jesus and says, this is my son who I love and him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And I was like, man man, I need to tell my sons, you are my son. You belong to me. Hmm. I love you. I am proud of you. And if you don't do stupid stuff, I'm going to tell people to listen to you, (laughs) you know? And so it really impacted me. The father spoke words of affirmation over Jesus. Jesus was on his way to the cross. When that happened, he needed to hear that from the father and our sons and daughters desperately, desperately, need to hear certain things from us as fathers and listen and listen troy if they don't they're going to find somewhere else to hear it 
Yeah. And, and I'm telling you what, I, it's so funny. We do these shows and, and I hear all this stuff. I, I'm telling you guys, this is, this is actionable. This is not yes. just, Hey, I hope you enjoyed that. Now go do nothing. Like I want you to go and get this. And then I want you to start to engage with your kids, your son and your daughter. Now I've been kind of big on the, the father son thing, but but, you know, I have daughters as well, and I still have daughters in the home. And, and I've always wondered, like, how how should I go about this? This is something I'm going to take into that relationship and saying, you know, because she's been like, you know, I don't know that I know the Bible well enough. What a great way to to interact and and be able to get more Bible in her in a relational way. So thank you for that. I will be signing up. So <laughs> No, I appreciate that. And you know, the funny part is, is they're, you know, really, yeah, it costs these guys an email. And yeah. so, yeah, they're going to give us an email. We're going to add them to our equipping blast, which is a weekly thing. We send men to sell anything. And if they don't like it, they can unsubscribe. There's really no cost to them. I, I, I'm so burnt out with guys going, oh, it's costing me an email, dude. Come on, really? Are you that <laughs> soft? Are you that soft? I mean, just unsubscribe, guy. And so you're getting a 200-page document that's life-changing, and yeah, it costs you an email. That I, may not even sure be a real that, email. I'm pretty sure that uh, they're talking to the wrong guy when they make that comment. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, put a different email in that's not yours. I don't even care. <laughs> you can put anything in you want, man. Just are we, go get the book. Are we having this conversation right now? <laughs> wait, I, I just need to know. <laughs> I had a guy say, wait, it cost me an email. I'm like, dude, what? God <laughs> bless him. Demand, uh, demand an appendage or something. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my Lord. So, wait, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so where would they go? Do they? <laughs> yeah, just dying. <laughs> well, I know. Uh, where would they go to, to get the tell them resource? Yeah, listen, they just go to <laughs> meninarita.org. And okay. if they go to the website and just sit there for seven seconds, there's a pop-up. Oh. If they don't want to wait for the pop-up, they can go to resource uh, books and it's under that. So it's it's really easy to find. And, yeah. and again, like I said, you know, Troy, I'm a nonprofit organization. Men in the Arena is a nonprofit crowdfunded organization. So we're not trying to make a profit off of these guys. We have a desperate, desperate, deep passion to help them become their best version. And so it has cost us hundreds and thousands of dollars to do that, but it's worth it because when a man gets it, everyone wins. If some guy in Baxter, Minnesota, you know, up that's kind of up in your neck of the woods. If that guy downloads that book and that book changes him and his family, that is a win for us. Yeah, that's worth it. We may never yeah. know who that guy is, but that's worth it. So I just want to encourage all the Kinley Fire listeners, not only to wait seven seconds for that pop-up, but also <laughs> go to listen to Jim's podcast. Uh, one of the things I love about Jim is that he is one of the clearest communicators out there. There is so much fluff and drama and non-scriptural stuff. And he is bringing the Bible. He's bringing clarity. He's bringing <laughs> your presence, you know, which you, you are very, uh, God has given you a very forceful kind of masculine presence. I mean, you're freaking huge, you know, but, but you're bringing all that with just love and truth. And that's what I love about it is it's just, there's not a lot of good resources like it. And, and guys, you got to go check it out. 
men in the arena. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, and I, I am large. I am a gentle giant. <laughs> so I'm actually got a goal this year, man, of doing 20 pull-ups. Seriously, so that's, that's huge. Yeah, seriously, yes. I'm at, I'm at about. I had a goal this year of doing bench of bench pressing 225 20 times. I actually did that by April. But I'm not doing that again because you know guys get to about 50 and your pecs start going twang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so start I'm done with my, my bench off. Yeah. yeah, my bench press days are over. And honestly, a true test of strength is not the bench press; it's actually the pull up. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so I, I, I yeah. Why well, I, I watch you online? Like, well, I mean, I don't stalk you online. Just to be clear, that's really weird. <laughs> I but watch you, you post online you too. post some. <laughs> I've been watching you. <laughs> <laughs> but but you post some some stuff as far as your uh exercise routines and stuff and it and it's awesome man because um yeah you got to keep that keep that edge sharp and um you're inspiring me i mean you just you just got to keep it sharp man that's yeah, how god's made I, I i appreciate that well you know i'm 55 and i actually went to my kids football game down in california this week and it's the first time i got a senior citizens discount <laughs> so it's hilarious but you know it's my wife mocked me to no end because she's a few years younger than me but you know, my, you know, I just really, I, I, this make decisions against yourself is so important because yeah. as we get older, our bodies don't recover as fast. Our bodies get shot soft quicker. We have to really work hard to make decisions against ourselves, not to be tough guy, but because if we don't, we're going to, we'll be less effective. We will yeah. not be as good of steward, a, a steward of the body God has given us. Yeah. And uh, we will not be able to minister with, with uh, in a vigorous, dynamic way uh, for as long as we should. And so it's really, really important. Yeah. Amen. Well, Jim, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I can't wait to our next conversation. But um, but I tell you what, uh, go check out some Jim Ramos. Go to beninthearena.org and uh, check out some of the stuff he's got going on. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, I appreciate you, Troy. And uh, hey, next time you write a book, you come on my show. We'll just kind of back and forth. This yeah, we just keep ping ponging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the old old school pong, the first video game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man, I'm out. All right, peace. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, if you did like it, it would be really helpful if you want to send us a review over on iTunes. That would be really cool. And if you want to connect, go over to Instagram, search Troy Mangum or The Kindling Fire, and we can connect there, and that would be a great way to kind of stay in touch. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay, guys, until next time, be awesome.